time to rejoin the conversation. Kelly and XXS Castacion being pulled from the Spotify playlist and uh, Robert Zambar's show being canceled. Uh, is it policy or is it convenient behavior? Uh, if we are pulling the content from artists that have done, uh, done some wrong and where does it stop? Uh, do we remove uh, the Cosby show? Do we stop listening to Guns N' Roses? Uh, what about Dr. Dre? Uh, what about Jay-Z? Um, what about painters that we know have done something wrong? Do we stop exhibiting their art? Um, what about directors that we know that have done some uh, horrible or creepy or skeevy things and we suddenly we don't want their movies ever to be played? What about, uh, what about actors? Um, there was... When I kind of came with this question, it, it, there was so many ways down this rabbit hole that uh, uh, there was only one way to go down it, and that was to go down it. So first, originally I didn't necessarily want to do like a Me Too podcast, but uh, Me Too movement definitely does tie into this whole thing. Um, because a lot of what's happening to a lot of the artists and actors and, you know, comedians and, you know, is, is coming from what's happened with Me Too. You have to throw the politicians into it, too, because it's, it's, it all ties together in every which way. Yeah, but, well, well yes, but let's, let's start with the original question at hand. Policy or convenience because I'm really okay with policy you know there's a corporate policy that if you're caught in something unseemly you know we just can't be associated with that right and that's part of the policy of the corporation that's pretty common policy in American in the American corporate world these days yeah. But what I'm finding is, in entertainment in particular, there is no clean-cut policy. Right, because we're talking about art and, exactly. and the money that exactly. is generated from the product. Exactly. So what I'm finding is that a lot of this is convenient behavior. Yes. It's, you know, yes. Uh, okay, for, for example, which <clears throat> gets me to the beginning of the thing with uh, R. Kelly and... Um, so none of this is new that R. Kelly, uh, you know, likes young girls. Right. This is not new. This it's not, is, not, we're talking this is, 16 or less. Yeah, this is well publicized. He's done, you know, national television interviews and gotten asked about this stuff 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So why now? <laughs> do we want to start pulling, pulling his pulling his songs out of playlists, and and a lot of radio stations want to um, want to take his 
records are and off the radio and um, because uh, the crazy thing is with the the stuff he's being accused of now they're young but they're not underage okay so um, and and it just got me to thinking about some of like some of the some of the some of the double standards or some of the the real question is do we really care or are we just in a moment because mm. of me too yeah. that we care suddenly we suddenly care now they, they maybe they want to have these examples of like no like we, we you know look, look what we did we got local we got local uh, situation of this you know uh, where with the chiefs their, their touchdown song was uh, Gary Glitter Rock and Roll Part 1 and 2. That was, you know, it, it was a good rock song, and they would go, hey, 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 hey. Okay. You know, I mean, the Chiefs fans had a chant, we're going to beat the hell out of you. Okay. You know, so they had their own chant to it. Well, Gary Glitter is a pedophile. Okay. Okay? And he got busted in Thailand for it and got thrown in jail and all this stuff. So the Chiefs automatically said, well, you know, we can't have this for our playoff song, you know, our touchdown song anymore. This guy's a pedophile. Yeah. So, and and radio stations, of course, stop playing it. Setting policy. So that's policy. But the radio stations also stop playing it. So and that is not policy. That's not policy. And that's one reason I brought it up, because it's a great local example mm-hmm. uh, of, of a deal like that. And it used to get some pretty good play, especially like on 101 The Fox. You know, 101 The Fox here is a classic radio station, and they will play the same songs for the <coughs> Rednecks and Independents and Belton and Grandview and, <laughs> and all of our local redneck population. Um, that's kind of who they cater to, and they've but, done okay, very well so, by doing it. So the question is, how long ago did we know that this guy was a pedophile? Well, they probably knew a couple, uh, probably a year or so ahead, you know. Um, I think he got busted during the season, so they wouldn't pull it then. Then they were able to find a, another version that was not done by Gary Glitter. But this is, re- this is reasonably new behavior. Well, yeah, you know, they actually, I, I, if I remember right, they didn't know it in like probably the eighties, probably like, right. probably like you know, seven, eight years ago. So you know, it's 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 an interesting play of policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the radio's taking it off because, yeah, you know that this dude did that, so we can't play him. And 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 there, but here's another thing that ties into it, is that every time they played, of course, he got a royalty. Yeah. So, you know, here, there's the other dynamic that's involved with it. So you got these, these artists that have bad behavior. And if you play their music, they continue to get royalties. So it, it, they're looking at it as a way, well, we're not going to play you. We're going to punish you for your bad behavior. By you're not going to make as much money because we're going to take you off the airways. And... I, I, I'm okay with I, that. I don't know that it, I don't know that I agree with that's the reason. I, I think that I don't think this is really a moral thing from most companies' perspective. I think it's more of trying to forecast what their viewers might think. I, I think a corporate view is that. 
And, we're, we're, and not going, we're not right. going to let you have not, not only just the moral issue, but they also had, hey, we're not going to give this guy any money either. Right, yeah. But then what happens whenever they continue to play this guy on the radio and some you know, media outlet, some local media outlet starts saying, hey, this radio station is blasting pedophile art. But, but I think, I think that's... that's those... You know, then a bunch of people get into an outrage and, set, and everybody boycotts said radio station. Yep. But I'm guessing they have... Which, uh, uh, give me one second, which is kind of my point with R. Kelly. Yeah. We've known with R. Kelly for a long time, at least Shit, 20 years. 15, 20 years. Yeah. Well, that, just, and, 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 and uh, up until this year, no radio station stopped playing R. Kelly. <laughs> like, in fact, he was in full rotation all the damn time. Yep. And uh, so, and, and that's, the re- that's what started to bother me about this whole thing. It's, if it's policy, that if we find out that you're caught in, in something that bad, we're going to uh, we're going to remove you f- from you know from our, our our playing our playlists or remove you from our rotation on the station or whatever. But this just feels really convenient. Like there because honestly there are bigger fish yeah. you could be filleting. That you you won't touch, you know, or you haven't touched, put it like that. Well, right. That that that's where it gets into the hypocrisy, and that's part of the problem that we're having nowadays. Is that, you know, Me Too has some legitimate points. Many. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt about it, and it it is time for, for men to behave as gentlemen. And which is what it boils down to. Absolutely. Our, 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 our female friends and, and companions deserve, and I'm an old chauvinist, so I'm going to always treat my wife right, whereas I fear being dismembered anyway. But, uh, you know, that's, in the house. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what it goes back to is that, all right, you're a man of power. And if you are using that power, to influence a female into doing something so she can get a part in a movie or get a or get a record contract or something like that that's a, that's a little low but you also have the other dynamic is that sometimes a female member is willing to do this I mean we've heard in, in, in corporate and music and everywhere a girl that screws herself to the top yeah, sure, that exists, but I think that what a lot of men don't realize is how many times men of power have put women into a situation where they really didn't feel like they psychologically had a choice. Well, that, that, that was, that was my more, point. It's a lot more common than yeah. a lot of men think because they have never been in that situation, so the, they don't understand. Well, there, I think there's two type of women in that situation. I think there is the woman that is willing to do whatever she has to do to get to the top, and she doesn't care. Sure. And then I think there's the other women who feel like they're pressured in order to get their parts and make the money that well, they I want to make. I feel the women who screw to the top should be even included in, in this discussion because they don't, they're not part of the Me Too movement. Well, it, they were doing something consensually. Well, I, I, actually, though, I think, it, I think it is part of the discussion because if you have that type of individual and then you have the individual that is willing to take advantage of that, sure. Well, then that makes him think that, hey, you know, I can get, I can do this with everybody. You know, that's a Harvey Weinstein right there. 
I'm sure there were girls who came to Harvey willing to, willing to take him on in a minute. Sure. And, but there were also a lot of girls where he put them in a real bad situation. Well, he so, was also notoriously predatory about it. Well, I, it I, wasn't I, a misunderstanding. I call him yes. Harvey Swinstein for a reason, yeah. but you know, yeah. he, he was. Yeah, he, you wasn't, know? he wasn't confused He's, he, he, about he, his... Oh, there was no confusion with him at all. Yeah, which you know, which kind of gets me back to, uh, you know, everybody that I've ever seen an interview with has said over the years, this is a wildly uh, open secret, you know, yeah. about about Weinstein, and uh, so Someone not not that he's right. Of course, he's not right. Yeah. But but, but but some of the girls may have known. But, about but, it and still went up into his room. Now I do well, think I do think that he held the careers of a lot of act actresses in his hands. So maybe they did feel like they had to do what they had to do. The women that tried to take him down were blackballed and followed by ex Mossad agents. Oh absolutely. I mean they and, and they were yeah. harassed and bullied into submission. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like I say, you know, which is which is one of the reasons that you know I, I I was starting with, I don't know if I wanted to even really bring me me too into it because in particular that's with, a long conversation. Yeah, right. It's a long conversation, and in yeah. particularly Weinstein is particularly a horrible cat. And, yeah. Uh, but I guess it got me to thinking how convenient some of it is versus. Uh, how bad some of it is. Let, let so, me, uh, so go ahead. So if so, I want to look at this just from a purely business perspective. Yes. So you have CEOs of these companies which are making millions of dollars. So if you take a step back and you say, my, I am being paid a lot of money to make decisions on this. So I would imagine that they're having the same conversations that we're having right now about each individual case that has been brought to them. So you could talk about this one in particular, right? About should we pull this music or not? And they talk through. So how did that conversation start? We've known about this for a long time. Say we're the board of directors and we're having a conversation. We say, well, right, but we put this new policy in place. And now we're being paid to make a decision and it's not necessarily about is it the right moral decision, but it's about is this the right financial decision because from the company, that is my role in this company. I'm being paid a lot of money. All of us are to decide this. And at that point, it comes down to a forecast decision. Will our clients or our customers be upset and what is the impact? And if the impact is very negative, then at some point with this new policy, we have to decide we're gonna pull this. And then it comes down to an individual uh, artist discussion of which ones we should pull and which ones we shouldn't. Okay, which, and I can definitely go with that. So, which keeps bringing me back to the same point about this feeling very convenient. Mm -hmm. Because uh, at the height of R. Kelly's career when he was just ubiquitous and writing for you know, Michael Jackson and Celine Dion and uh, nobody touched him and everybody knew that he liked little girls um, now that he's on the other side of his career where you know he's 
you know, he's not he's not hurting, but he also doesn't have a bunch of hits on the radio. And so now it's at a convenient time to I punish see. to punish him for whatever his perceived crimes are. Yeah, so they can score uh, they can score social justice points uh, by uh, blackballing somebody who doesn't have like back on the market. Right, exactly. So as a board of directors, say exactly. we were them, and we and this was ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Well, we look at how much money's being pulled in. How much will this damage us? If you look at this from an ROI perspective, you say, yeah, we should hold off a while. And that's really unfortunate because. Yeah. Literally, if we were the board of directors, we would be being paid to make the best financial decision, not the best moral decision. Exactly. Which now that you, as you mentioned, he's on the other side of his career and the numbers would suggest, yeah, all right, now it's time to make that. So how do we spin this for the best yeah, of the company? Exactly. Well, where, where, whereas in his height, <laughs> let's just use uh, streaming as, uh, as, as, as a, as a measure you know at its height let's say you're getting you know you know a couple million streams a day versus now you're getting you know a hundred thousand streams a day you know now we can slap you on the wrist whereas before that was going that was going to hurt everybody's pocketbook and uh it wasn't beneficial necessarily you know same with the with the radio station with the local uh with you know local radio station it's you know no since the chiefs aren't using them now there's no market to hear it so now we can stop playing them. Mm-hmm. not because we think it's the right thing to do and to tell you the truth the only reason why I put the Roseanne Barr thing on here is because this is the one time that I can see a corporation uh, acted morally, not financially. Right. You know, where they were like, no, nah, morally we can't stand next to this. And it, she is the number one rated show on the station. Yeah. Well, uh, no, and that, that ties into another thing with the Samantha Bee comment that she made on Vanna Trump, where she called Vanna Trump the C word. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and she hadn't had been. She hadn't had her show canceled. She had a very popular show with TBS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she wasn't being a racist, and you can't call her a misogynist. Yeah, no, but but you still use the c word against yeah. an. Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Now, wait, now, wait a second. Now, I, I, this this say, deal, this deal, this deal with this issue, because yeah, they're right now they're all about the women power issue. Yeah. So Samantha B is very much of a liberal woman. Yeah. She makes no, she's progressive. She makes no apologies for it. Ivanka Trump is obviously a very conservative woman. Yeah. If, if Ivanka Trump have called Samantha B the C word, would it be the same reaction as Samantha B calling Ivanka Trump the C word? No, but only one no. of them is a comedian. Yeah. Throw that no. out there. No. I'm not no. saying it's okay. There's hypocrisy. We wouldn't have heard this for two days if, if Ivanka Trump said it. You know, now I will say this. Um, well, I think you would have heard it for a long time. Um, okay, so with um, I think we I agree with what's, you. What's the, what's the female uh, comedian that uh, she did the cut up, cutting Trump's head off? Uh, oh, well, of course. I don't oh, that was Michelle Wolf. Yes, thank you. 
No, no, not the one. Not the one. Was it Griffin? Yeah, Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. Oh, she's... Uh, like her her career is her career is basically over. Yes. You know, so I do understand that there is a point that is too far, and um, the market will tell you so, because everybody ran away from Kathy Griffin. Well, was, and now she has to go overseas shit. and try to do shows over there because she can't book another show in the United States. Nobody will have her. Yeah. Um, so for, I, I like that you bring up the market because, like, from a marketing perspective, yeah. which this is the type of stuff that I look at yeah. for, for work. And, and, and so I was thinking about this, right? So when we talk about streaming, that the market itself... So when I, I think, I believe this is the case, when a company sets up or you have music, anytime that's streamed, you pay a royalty to, you know, the artist that, that has the song, right? So you're paying them for every play. Right. Uh, so you would think that... It's minuscule, it, it, yes. Right, but you would think that through, through this new age of streaming that the market would... Uh, kind of play itself out, meaning if I, if everyone's protesting, say R. Kelly, then they're going to say, all right, if no one's playing them, then he won't make any money. So always provide the music. People don't listen to it. He won't make money. It'll kind of work itself work out. Itself. But there's one added layer, mm-hmm. which is, again, I bring us back to the boardroom where they decide if we make a decision to not play this music or not make it available, will that benefit us more from a marketing perspective, to get people to our site to use our, our uh, streaming service, right, our right, platform, right. Uh, than it would be if uh, we didn't, if we did just nothing. Right. And again, I think it comes back to a financial decision that this new policy is the first is the first step that brought up the conversation, and then they're actually taking a deeper look into it. Yeah, no, I, I actually do fully believe that that's probably how they are processing it. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know how much I agree. Um, because well, there, the- there's a lot of artists that have done mm-hmm. some egregious things <laughs> over their years. Uh, and there's no way that a company's going to touch them because they're worth too much. So it gets back to the point of this becomes financially convenient. Not, you know, like you said, they're in the boardroom going, yes, this is a financially convenient decision, not a policy decision. Um, And so that's why I brought up, um, so with Cosby. Um, now that, you know, you know, Cosby's been, com- actually been convicted of, of one of these, uh, one of these, one of these druggings, um, I'm not a huge one necessarily always for let, let the market decide. In art, I am, Be- and partially because I'm an artist. Um, so you do something horrible. Everybody knows you did something horrible. The uh, viewership of the Cosby Show or Cosby or any of the other things that have him in it or his name attached to it goes way down. 
then it's a very easy decision. You know what? Nobody's watching this. Let's pull it. To me, that's how it should go. So I, I want to bring the, the flip side of that. So with streaming, that totally makes sense. Yeah. But when you talk about Showtime, there is someone else that you can slot in that position. No, so true. you have to decide, would any other thing in that place make the company yeah, more make money? better decisions. Yeah. So from streaming again, yeah. it's whatever people decide to select and say, I'm going to watch this versus... What something that we're putting on the exactly you know, putting exactly. on the no, the and I get that, and I, I and I and I do get that, you know. So I'm gonna throw out some throw out some names, and uh, uh, if if anybody can remember, you tell me what they did, and then uh, whatever happened to it. Guns and Roses. So I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about Axl Rose at this point, uh, since he was notoriously the uh, well, we can talk about Axel in particular, but Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. the the group. I thought they brought groupies on that were very young. Oh, uh, I, I didn't heard about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. There, there was a lot of that going on. Um, a massive amount of uh, massive amount of uh, drugs uh, going on. But also, there was a song that they did where they actually um, used the N word in in the correct derogatory term. And it was a Guns wow. N' Roses hit record. I did not know that. I did not know yeah. that either. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't care for Guns N' Roses. Yeah, personally, but, but I did not know that. Um, you know, I remember at the time, there was, you know, a little, you know, kerfluffle about the fact that they used the word, but once again, nothing ever happened to Guns N' Roses. Now, at this point in their career, uh, if you say, you know what, we're going to pull all Guns N' Roses records from the radio because they use the N-word in the song... Well, it, it like it like is it it, it 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 are you really outraged that Guns N' Roses did it, or is this a, now a convenient time to penalize them because it won't affect your bottom line at that point? <clears throat> exactly. And and you know, if they're outraged at that, how come they aren't outraged at some rapper to use the same word? It's just because I, he's black doesn't give him the right to use the word. Uh, no, actually, that's exactly why I guess of the right to use the you word. You know, there, there, there's a, a lot of a lot of white people going. Wait a second, you going scream at me because we somebody one of our people used the word and then you turn around and use it liberally. That's yeah. that's an issue. We're, we're going. Wait a second. Wait a minute here. Yeah, I think we're having a, a generational conversation. But now, uh, that, now, that, yeah. be, that but it does tie into. No, I know so what much. you're saying, definitely. But I think this is a generational conversation we're having now because, um, you know, if you're Jewish and you wanna and you wanna use some derogatory Jewish term amongst yourselves, or you know, like you just you know, I think you just said redneck four or five times. You know, but you know, you're you're a white guy. You say redneck, cool. I say redneck. There feels like there's an undercurrent to what I'm saying, which which is the same opposite effect. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what? I know people who would take offense to being called a redneck, 
And I know people who would take pride in be calling a redneck. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. I, and I know so, just, and just so, as many on one side as I know. Well, and, and you know what? It's the same thing with the N-word. There's black people that hate it. They hate it. They wish it would go away. They wish people would stop using it. They wish black people would stop using it. And then there are others that are like, look, we have reclaimed, reclaimed the word, and it does not mean for us what it meant when anybody else used it against us. So and not everyone moves along that timeline of recovery at the same at pace. The same, exactly. exactly. Uh, I, I think I think with this we see a, a couple of a couple of things. So first of all, I think what we're witnessing is uh, what the internet would call late stage capitalism, mm-hmm. which is where almost everything that we see as a culture is being defined by the ROI. Unfortunately. Uh, and that always takes some time because there's multiple generations that are consumers. So you get portions, and as time moves forward, there's always a lag. So as the younger uh, have certain opinions that are that are different from the older, that mm. it takes a while <clears throat> for the majority to be in one opinion over another. And I think another problem is where people in general sort of idolize people. Uh, Bill Cosby would be an extreme case, uh, but where you idolize what this person's character was and without ever really considering that they are an actual person who makes mistakes or who is maybe a bad person who does things that are very immoral and not lined up with your own morals. And you do this over decades and then you find out the truth of how they actually act and we're kind of at a loss for how to react. Right. And uh, an example that I was thinking of, actually, that was sort of a middle ground of the different examples you have would be House of Cards with uh, Kevin Spacey, which is where they didn't cancel the show, but they got rid of it. But they removed Kevin Spacey. And, And I find that kind of fascinating because it was really in the middle of when all these things were happening, and clearly Netflix didn't know exactly what they should do. And so they sort of they sort of shot it's, down it's the middle and said, well, "Let's give this a shot." And I, I honestly, I was a season behind on it, so I don't really know, and I haven't watched it since. Um, so maybe that's uh, I don't want to support that show anymore. And it was one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. So well, I will say this: the way they left it, actually, there was no better place that they could have left the show at the end of that season, then all this stuff happening and needing to remove him from the show, it actually was at a perfect place for him to be off the show anyway. So I think that's why the decision was made. You know what? Yes, we can keep going with the show because his character was about to be uh, minimized in the next season. So maybe it truly was convenient. Yeah, like, yeah, truly yeah. That was the true stars convenience. aligned. Yeah, it, well, yeah, the stars really aligned for that. Like the way the the show went. Since you haven't seen that last season, I won't give, give you too many spoilers. But the way the the way things went in the last season, um, uh, you know, I will say that he finds himself not the president anymore. So, so what I find when I think through these sort of situations that I find really unfortunate is one star or one person can really 
ruin it for a lot of people because, right, you have the writers who are really, to me, are the stars of any show mm -hmm. that happen to have a great actor that can, uh, you know, really bring out what the writers are trying to, to give. And then the co-stars uh, who are also, you know, phenomenal actors, but that one person can kind of ruin it for a lot of people. And that's what happens when as a society, we just kind of idolize specific people. But what if someone knew about that early? Should they have stopped it? Because at that point, what if the things the writers wrote later, say season three or season four, would have never made it to market? And that that's where it gets really yeah. tough, right? The whole thing is a gray area. Well, you know, and that's kind of why I feel uh, bad for the, like, the cast of Roseanne. So I'm like... Like she she did one incredibly stupid tweet, and that cost hundreds of people their jobs. Who who was that? Roseanne. Yeah. Like she did one incredibly stupid tweet and cost hundreds of people their jobs uh, because you know the show got yanked immediately. Because well, one, unless you completely rebrand the show, which is possible, uh, you can rebrand re it as. Uh, was that what are they the Connor family? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can I guess rebrand it as the Connors or whatever, and and take Roseanne's name off of it and try to do something a spinoff about or through the through line being one of the daughters or you can do something, but House of Cards. But situation. yeah, yeah, but Roseanne <clears throat> as the marquee name, you know it has to come down if you know if 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 you're pulling the show for moral reasons which is why they pulled that particular show um maybe they make that a policy do not name what? a show after <laughs> a specific character Ugh. in case they foobar in case they foobar that's, yeah, that's <laughs> not that's, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay so <laughs> i'm gonna uh, keep throwing out some names um dr dre he, do you know what he did? I don't. I don't either. He was at a party, correct, at this time? Uh, I'm not sure if it was a party or not, but I, but I let's think, go with I that. I think there was a social situation of some kind. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was a party. It was a party. Do you remember the name of the woman? Uh, D. Barnes. D. Barnes. Mm -hmm. What was her relationship? Uh, she was uh, a very early hip-hop journalist. Yes, okay. Um, he... Full blown punched her in the face. Or did he punch her or slap her? Slap her. He slapped her, but not. Yeah, not but he but yeah, but he slapped her. He didn't yeah. he didn't yeah. he like he yeah. fully smacked the shit he out laid of her. Yeah. Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So shouldn't laugh. Yeah. Do you remember why? What was the context? Uh, it was during the whole uh Ice Cube leaving NWA beef time. And so they did a, um, NWA did a very uh, uncomfortable interview with D. Barnes uh, right after the fact. Everybody was angry, to say the least. And, uh, and then her, the people who were producing the show said, so we also need to do a sit down with Ice Cube and let's, that's Aram. That's Aram on the same show, so we can get both sides of it. 
NWA, didn't know that the Ice Cube thing was happening. And so they were furious. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Dr. Dre is uh, super blasted at a party and happens to see D. Barnes and makes a beeline for her and smacks the crap out of her yeah. at, the, at a party. Now, once again, happened 20, 25 years ago. Um, but gets me back to my point. If if you're me tooing everybody, right? You know why not Dr. Dre? You know uh, Jay Z. Um, real quick back to Dr. Dre. Yeah, yeah. Did he at ever point in his career do a heartfelt apology situation? He tried to, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, not only that, but, you know, there was a period where they were saying he was, you know, just a domestic abuser, period. Really? Um, and, uh, and he tried to make heartfelt apologies. You know, he was, he was drunk and young and not in his right mind and, you know, all of, all of that. And sure. he, he really did try to apologize. I don't know if any of the women, well, D or the woman he was with at the time. Um, publicly forgave him. Yeah, I don't think they I don't think anybody publicly forgave him. Right. But uh, but one of the women is you know, he has a child with. So, you know, she's got to now here's what's here's what's funny, uh, which makes me suspect for her. Um, because uh, Dr. Dre is abusing me and, and and who do, and who does she get with after Dr. Dre and has a kid with? Who? Just just take a wild guess. Just take a wild <laughs> guess. It's not Chris Brown, is it? No, 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 no. <laughs> to be put on no, the spot. No, just just think thinking of the time period. <clears throat> I don't know. Suge Knight. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> right. Exactly. So uh, I it even, I didn't even know about Suge yeah, Knight. Right, it made me fully question all of her, all of her character and uh, and judgment yeah, calls. Yeah, because like yeah, you left if Dr. Dre was beating your ass, and then you left to go be with Suge, who notoriously beats everybody's ass, male and female. Like uh, I don't know, I don't know if that was, I don't know how much I've sympathized with you. I'm not, and and. And let me clarify that by saying I don't want any woman to get beat up on right. trust. That is not what I'm saying. But uh, if you leave Dr. Dre for Suge, you you jumped out in the frying pan. And I'm like, you just, I mean, I mean, damn. You gotta be careful where you shit. Yes, man. Uh, so uh, Jay Z. So you did mention this the other day. I, I don't know what happened. I, you said he stabbed somebody or something? Um, he, okay, so one, there was an instance where uh, he didn't hit the woman or slap her either, but he definitely, like, like super hardcore muffed his chick. <laughs> like, she was in his face. Some, she was a reporter or something, and she was in his face, and he was in the crowd trying to get through. I don't know what the situation was but it's on tape why you watch him muff the crap out of this chick and then <laughs> but what i was actually talking Should about and and it's and it's uh and it's on record and he has talked about it in subsequent interviews or whatever uh where um he stabbed the guy you know uh over uh over you know over some music 
publishing or something to that early effect. early on effect. Yeah, earlier in his career, you yeah. know, and, uh, yeah, he stabbed he stabbed a dude. He used to be one of like Biggs managers or something like that, and uh, uh, so. But I guess what I'm saying is, these are names that. Heavy hitters. Yeah, that are heavy hitters that would hurt the ROI of any company if you uh, if you went after them, which is unfortunately or fortunately, whatever you know the the reason you haven't seen these guys being gone after, you know, uh, you know the too much money involved. It's just, it, it, and that's kind of where mm-hmm. I feel uncomfortable about it, where where I get back to the question of um, policy or convenience. <clears throat> because, you know, if, if the policy of these policies of these corporations were set in stone, a lot of these artists wouldn't be around today. You know, they wouldn't have been around 20 years ago. They would have they would have went away right after these things happened. But What is it really doing, or what message is it really setting to attack attack artists that are on the downside of their career, or you know, before they've made any real ascension, like this uh, XXX Testacion guy? Which, which what's the deal with this guy? Um, I, 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 once again, I think he I think he beat up some chick, but he's like a young rapper, and he's like just on his way up and uh so you know like everybody's backing away from him and doesn't want to touch him anymore and you know i i also think on that as a society and i don't know what the answer is but i think that as we kind of see these things happen or don't see these things happen we just assume the system will take care of whatever issues are happening right and and what we found is that they're not, right? It, it, that, that's really the problem is it's like, oh, you know what? This major problem might happen, but, but the system itself will take care of that. And if those decision makers aren't, then that's where it fails. It's that, it's that trust that the system itself will take care of the problem, and it isn't. And we've seen that happen countless times. Yeah. So... But as part of the system, or at least the lower part of the system, which all of us are because we're consumers, right? what can you do to change that? How can you go tell the CEO, hey, you should be held accountable for this? Yeah. Well, and that's kind of my thing. Like, I remember back in the day when, you know, they used to, you know, you know rap CDs were too vulgar and they would be outside trying to protest and, <coughs> you know... And, you know, we're going to stomp on these CDs and we're going to try to take it to Congress to get. And, you know, and what all they really did was wind up getting, you know, uh, parental advisory uh, put on albums, which to me is more of the market figuring itself out. Because now if you don't want or don't want your kids to have material that is explicit, there's at least some kind of warning label for you to say, oh, that's explicit, you can't have that, or that's explicit, I don't want that. 
you know, or, you know, it, in these days and ages when you're not dealing with parental advisories because you're not buying physical CDs, um, you know, they do have, you know, when you go to iTunes, there's usually an explicit version and a clean version of an album. And uh, so it, to me, in, in, in art, better than just about any other system to me, you know, the market will bear it out. It, the, the consumer will say, oh, I don't like that guy. You know, I heard he beats up on women and, and they won't buy it anymore. Or, or they want, or, which will eventually put you, if not out of business, deprive you of quite a bit of, the, you know, the possibility of revenue. And which is at least what I think should happen. Right, but, but I don't. But again, these guys are deciding on on market forecasts. No, right? I, absolutely, because that that should totally work. I agree with it. Uh, capitalism should work in a vacuum, but but we take this forecast ten steps ahead and say, "Whoa, wait, wait! If we can figure out a way to make money off of the fact this person's going to fail, can we make the decision ahead of time and get more users?" How do you get ahead of that? It sounds real Wall Streety to me right it, now. It, what you're because saying. it is. Yeah. I mean, that's that. I, <laughs> that I, I, that I, sounds that sounds like the market crash of 2008. Right. I, like. So I have to disclose. Like <laughs> recently, I yeah. watched uh, the Inside Job. I don't know if anyone's seen that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That yeah, is yeah. A, yeah, it's a fantastic documentary. I watched that like two weeks ago. Oh, you're talking about Inside Man. Yeah, I've seen oh. Inside I've seen Inside Job. No, yes. Right. yes. What are you talking about? Uh, in, inside Job. Which, yeah, Inside Man, movie. by the way, it's a great movie. Okay. You should watch that also. But Inside uh, Job, I, I watched recently, which was about the 2008, and it was, uh, okay. you know, a lot of people knew it was coming, but, but what it boils down to is they're trying to make money off of what they know is about to happen. Throw out morals. Mm-hmm. They're just wanting to make money off of people. Because, again, at the end of the day, their salaries of millions of dollars is to make that decision. And that's how I think morally for themselves they get to justify it. Because they're like, oh, wait, wait, I'm paid to make the best decision for my shareholders, whatever. Yeah, and, and this feels like a win-win. Right. When really, this was just a convenient time to make that decision. It's a decision. convenient time to make the decision. Yeah. So... I guess that leads me to the last question of this particular segment. Um, are we done with the era of separating the art from the artist? I hope not. Yeah, I agree. I hope not. Yeah, I, I hope not. I mean, then I you mean, kind of get in the slippery slopes of censorship. And, yeah, yeah, and that and a lot of these people have not been convicted in a court of law. Which is the reason that I'm like, I still think... A lot of people still see that as a garbage excuse. um, And that, you know, like, there's a lot of times when... I mean, for instance, I think that we all kind of figured Cosby was drugging women before he got convicted, that kind of thing. I think that's sort of a matter of personal judgment, but, I mean... I I think you're on to something, though, is that we have to be convicted very careful when the press is going to convict everybody before they're convicted. And I, and I think that's where we are. And, and I don't care if it's the left press or the right press. Everybody wants to convict somebody because that's a 24-hour news cycle for them. Yeah, great. And, and that's literally what it boils down to is that 
how sensationalism can they make this? Yeah. So, but when you're dealing with artists, artists, artists have a different mind. Almost every artist I know, and I've known some fairly famous artists, even some of the Bentons and some of these people, um, they have a different mindset than do. They see the world differently than we do. Which is why they and, are artists. And that's why they are artists. They have, you know, God's given them a different gift than, than what we can understand sometimes. And so the way they think, the way they approach the world, the, the, their realities are a lot different than ours. Absolutely. So you have to turn around and be able to understand that part of them and their eccentricities, because that's basically what it is, uh, and let them perform what their art is, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, and if they step too far out of the line, it's not up to the media to take care of them. It's, uh, you know, it's what Brian's been talking about. It's up, we will decide that. The market will decide that. Yeah, there are plenty of artists out there that I don't support based on their decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, know, one thing I think would would make this world a better place is if if, if companies would just communicate better to say, this is why we made this decision, or this is why we didn't make this decision, right? To just say, you know what? We could continue making a little bit of money off of this artist, but it's up to you to decide if this is worth it or not. And we don't want that on our plate because I think companies are afraid to say that. Yeah. And I, and I'm not really, I mean, I get why sort of, but at the same time, that kind of transparency would be really awesome as a consumer. Yeah. I mean, cause I would think that, um, like, like Louis CK, I think that there's, a step between uh, putting a bullet in his career. Mm-hmm. And that is, to tell you the truth, probably what Spotify did with R. Kelly and XXX. Uh, we're not removing you from the service. We just won't be promoting you. So if somebody still wants to see a Louis C.K. special, Gotta keep scrolling down until you get to stand-up comedy section and and keep scrolling over until you see, oh, okay, there it is. I think that UCK <clears throat> probably at this point in his life is just taking a sabbatical and yeah. sort of rethinking well, yeah, his yeah. behavior. Yeah. I imagine in the future, um, he'll probably come out and he'll probably, be, he'll probably have a dialogue, you know? Yeah, I would, say, I would imagine. Here, here, you know, basically it'll be a heartfelt I was wrong with an explanation and promises to be better in the future and that kind of thing and in his career will probably be fine yeah um, I mean what he did was wrong but it wasn't like yeah wasn't R. Kelly wrong no it wasn't Chris Brown Chris Brown wrong well hey and Chris Brown's on radio all day every day I know that's one thing <laughs> I wanted to mention that the whole time yeah. about this yeah I want a quick thing that I wanted to bring up real quick too is my wife and I were just do a lot of R&B this week mm-hmm. weekend on the Bill Withers channel and you have Marvin Gaye's song up Sexual Healing and, and, <laughs> and, and my wife brought the point she says well how would they take that song nowadays oh absolutely I mean because you know Marvin Gaye was killed by his father because of that song Marvin Gaye liked young girls Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and he, he, you know, and his father was a preacher. 
Yep. You know, like that's what. How did I know? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. why oh, he yeah. was killed. He was killed because because with him on that. Yeah, because more. Yeah, because wow. because his father was like something's wrong with you, and uh, I'm gonna give you back to God. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and, and so you he shot. He shot. Yeah, you shot him. His father, shot him his father shot him dead. <laughs> sure, sure did. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I can't believe it's the one in ten thousand, right? Uh, but but we thing that a lot of people know. You don't. Yeah. You're like, really? How is this not come up in conversation? Yeah. But that, but that that was the final thing I wanted to bring up because, yeah. you know, that was a very sensuous, sexy oh, song. I mean, you, you want to you know, have a good night with a lady and and you're hooked up with your wife on the couch and. You listen to that stuff, oh, you might get lucky. Hey, look, you're going to get lucky. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's certain, uh, like personally, I I love a lot of early R. Kelly stuff, knowing everything I know. But I mean, yeah, yeah. But there are some songs I can't listen to because of what I know. Context. Oh yeah, it's just look. Uh, uh, good grind. My mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes. Mm-hmm. That is, that's like, cause I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Like one of his biggest hits, damn good song. Mm-hmm. In context, though, mm-hmm. oh, I, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a little creepy crawling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or the song he wrote for Aaliyah's first album. Or helped write for Aaliyah's first album. Age ain't nothing but a number. Oh, throwing shit. throwing down ain't nothing but a thing. Twitch the market. <laughs> the market should play out. Exactly. You know, and I'm like, you know, there's certain records I, that I great records, but I can't listen to them now without a. Mm, eh. I don't know, dog. I can't. Ugh, I can't go with you on that. <laughs> can't go with you on that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I don't know if we've solved any of the world's ills in this uh, conversation, but um, we did have a good conversation on this topic, and uh, I want to thank everybody at the panel for coming and participating. And with that, we'll be right back. Hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com a cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where'd I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us, purveyors of urban culture. Come on, let's get back to the party. And we are back, and before we get out of here, let's talk about today's sugar, honey, iced tea. And for those that don't know, these are things that I or a member of the group have found that are really cool, a.k.a. the shit. Uh, And today's sugar, honey, iced tea is art. Uh, Art, by definition, is the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination typically in a visual or musical form, such as painting or sculpting or song, uh, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty and emotional power. Uh, I am a fan of art, Uh, but I do admit sometimes, no matter how amazing the art, it is hard to separate the art from the artist. 
But remember this. If you are only remembered for the one moment that you regret, how would your life and livelihood be affected? And with that, I want to end this show and I want to end all podcasts. And that is with the toast that started it all for me. And that is to good times with good people.